Well, good morning, my friends. Uh, we are back into the book of Isaiah. We're covering um, the reasons that Jesus came to die. And today is uh, to give us a clear conscience, which is an, a powerful thing. Look at Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 5. It said, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was cruised for, uh, crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him and by his wounds we are healed. If you go all the way back now to Genesis chapter 3, and you know Genesis well, and you know the story and the sinfulness of man, there's this beautiful picture. In fact, I'm not even going to read it to you. I just want you to, to, to know Genesis chapter 3, verses 8 through 13. Genesis 3, 8 through 13. There's a story here that uh, man has sinned. Um, Eve is deceived by the serpent. Adam's not deceived, but he partakes anyway. And God looks uh, for them. He walks in the garden and before he's never had to search for them. He's never had to, to find them because they were always available and they enjoyed this walk in the, in the cool of the day. And, and God says, where are you, Adam? And he says, uh, when I heard you coming, I hid because I was naked. And God says, who told you you were naked? Did you eat of the tree that I told you not to eat of? And he said, well, the woman you gave me, she deceived me. And he turns to the woman and said, did you eat? And he, she says, the, the serpent deceived me. So there's this blame game that goes on and they pass the buck and they go around. And you know what? We do the same thing today. We try to blame people for their activities rather than our activities. We try to blame people for their influence on us. We don't want to take responsibility. But the reality is it's because we have an unclean conscience. Uh, some things never change, uh, Piper says. The, the problem of the dirty conscience is as old as Adam and Eve. What, what's beautiful about this story is um, is the, the revelation of what man really is. It's an inward thing that's going on. Man first sins, and, and from that moment forward, there doesn't even need to be the serpent anymore. It doesn't even need to be the tempter anymore because you don't see it in the next uh, groupings of, of their sinfulness all we see is man's sinfulness. We don't hear about the serpent crawling on the ground. We don't hear about the serpent deceiving them in the Old Testament. We hear about men just making poor choices. And what? why is that so important? Because it's, a, a, it's so important to understand that what comes about in our sinful life comes from the inside of us. It comes from having an unclear conscience, an unclean conscience. It comes from the fact that we know that we are sinful. Go to Hebrews chapter 9. It's kind of a lengthy portion of scripture, but I think it's important to show the old and the new. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 1. Now, the first covenant had regulations for worship and also an earthly sanctuary. He's painting a picture here. Take a look at this. The tabernacle was set up, and in its first room were the lampstand, the tabernacle, or the table, excuse me, um, the consecrated bread. Uh, this was called the holy place. And behind the second curtain was the room called the most holy place, which had the golden altar of incense, which are the prayers of the people, and the uh, golden ark of the covenant. Um, this ark contained the gold jar of manna. Remember, the manna was um, provided uh, in the wilderness. Aaron's staff that had budded and the stone tablets of the covenant from Mount Sinai. About, uh, above the ark were the cherubim of the glory, overshadowing the atonement cover. Atonement, Jesus paying the price for us, taking care of our sins. But we cannot uh, discuss these things in detail now. And I agree totally here because we don't have time. When everything had been arranged like this, the priests entered regularly into the outer room to carry on the ministry. That was where they could go. But the only the high priest entered the inner room, and that only once a year and never without blood, which he offered for himself 
and for the sins of people had committed in arrogance. And you find it in Leviticus 16, this atonement ceremony that's once a year for sins that they didn't know they had committed. They were trying to cover all their bases um, because uh, there were offerings that were given for different things and different sins and different situations that they had to offer. But in this particular case, once a year in the year of atonement, um, uh, on the day of atonement, they had to offer this sacrifice, and it was the high priest who went beyond the curtain. Holy Spirit was showing by this that the way into the most holy place had not yet been disclosed as long as the first tabernacle was still standing, had not yet been disclosed. It was not open to you and I until Christ paid the price. Verse 9, this is an illustration for the present time indicating that the gifts and sacrifices being offered were, look at this, not able to clear the conscience of the worshiper. They are only a matter of honor and drink and various ceremonial washings, external regulations applying until the time of the new order, the new order being the new covenant in Christ's blood. Let's look at that new covenant, verse 11. When Christ came as high priest of the good things that are already here, he went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle that is not made or man-made. That's the heavenly tabernacle. That is to say, not part of this creation. He did not enter by means of the blood of goats and calves, but he entered the most holy place once for all, one time, one time for all, by his own blood, having obtained eternal redemption for you and I. The blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of heifers sprinkled on those who are ceremonially unclean, sanctify them so that they are outwardly clean. No transformation from the inside. Uh, How much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself, unblemished, perfect, to God, it'll cleanse our consciences inside from the acts that lead to death so that we may serve this living God. Why is this important? Because Jesus came to die to clean, clear up our conscience from the inside out. The work that was done in the Old Testament was an exterior. It was outward and it was done for us. Jesus Christ paid the ultimate price, entered into the Holy of Holies the last time, tore the veil. Uh, and that rendering of the veil is, is kind of a picture of his life being given. And no longer would that veil be there. And now all of a sudden we could enter in. Why? Because it's what's inside of us that's the problem. It's not our outward holiness. It's not a look. It's not going to church. It's not paying our tithes. It's not doing good deeds. Look at this in Mark chapter 7. Uh, Jesus covers this so well when he talks about what's clean and unclean. He says to this, nothing outside a man can make him unclean by going into him. Rather, it is what comes out of a man that makes him unclean. After he had left the crowd and entered the house, his disciples asked him about this parable. Are you so dull? He asked. Aren't you glad that I don't say that to you? No, you wouldn't listen to me. Don't you see that nothing that enters a man from the outside can make him unclean? For it doesn't go into his heart, but into his stomach and then out of his body. And saying this, Jesus declared all foods clean. Underline that. This is this is imperative because we look in Acts chapter 10 when Peter says, no, 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 when the when the um the curtain drops and the sheet drops and in in that vision that says, I won't, I won't eat of anything unclean. Well, Jesus already took care of it here in Mark chapter 7. He went on, what comes out of a man is what makes him unclean. For from within, out of a man's heart come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. All of these evils come from inside, and that's what makes us unclean. Jesus Christ, by his 
his offering sacrifice once and for all, the perfect sinless sacrifice from the perfect sinless high priest, Jesus Christ, makes us clean from the inside out. So if our conscience bothers us, it can be unconfessed sin, or it can be the enemy of our souls, or we're uh, doing um, a disservice to ourselves. Because if we've been asked, we've asked Jesus to come into our heart, to cleanse us of our sins, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, the Bible says in, in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, then we're clean. And it's the inside that's clean. Now, we have some work to do, but Jesus cleans us from the inside out. The world wants you to clean your act up. And even some um, churches or organizations that call themselves godly organizations are trying to clean you from the outside in. They're trying to make you dress a certain way or act a certain way or cut your hair a certain way. All of these external holiness things, which do nothing to the inside. It is not by following a list of do's and don'ts. It's by surrendering your life to Jesus Christ and letting him do the work from the inside out. Sin is an inside job. Sin is an inside job. James tells us that. It's man's thoughts, it's man's activities that end up leading to death. And God sends his son, Jesus Christ, to wrap himself in human flesh, John chapter 1, verse 14, to pay the price for our sins as the sinless lamb of God, to work from the inside out, cleansing our heart cleansing us from all unrighteousness. And in that cleansing comes a clear conscience. And only Jesus can do that by the power of his blood applied to our lives. Let me pray for us. In Numbers chapter 6, verse 24, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. God bless you until we talk again.